This is 2020. A new year has come. Um, and I, I want to start over in the Bible. I'm not saying that my plan is to go all the way through the Bible again this year. That's not my plan. I don't have a year plan uh, planned out this year yet. Um, but I do want to start back in Genesis. I mean, where where more appropriate place to start at the beginning of a new year? And I want to read the first chapter. I want to read through the first chapter of Genesis, and then I want to just talk about a couple of things that hopefully will um, open your mind up to, to something that maybe, maybe you haven't thought about before, but uh, something that I think represents uh, God's heart. So let's pray together. Father, we love you, and Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for you. We thank you for your son. We thank you for giving us existence and giving us life. But Father, we thank you that you've given us your word that has revealed to us who you are and, and pretty much everything that we could ever need to know in this life. How, how the world came into existence, how we came into existence, why we came into existence, why the world is the way it is, and a future. Father, you give us a hope for a beautiful, wonderful, amazing future. Father, as we study your word today and as we study your word every day and throughout the rest of our lives, Father, I pray that you would open our minds, soften our hearts, help us to understand your word, um, help us to understand the clear message that you've given us, and help us to see who you are and uh, help us to love you more because of it. We love you, Father. In Jesus' holy and precious and eternal name we pray. Amen. If you want to be flipping uh, in your scriptures, you can flip to Genesis chapter 1. I do want to point out uh, in your bulletin underneath where the songs are, I inserted the F-260 reading plan. Uh, it technically started last week. I don't know how many of you may have followed with us last year on this plan, gave it a shot. Um, it technically started last week, so starting tomorrow, Monday, is week two. But I, I went ahead and gave you week one and week two readings and little check boxes. You can check them off if you decide you want to do that this year and you want to get caught up. And the memory verse for the week uh, typically is going to be on the front of the bulletin. That's how I did it all year last year. I don't know if anybody noticed. Uh, but the memory verse for the week will be printed on the front of your bulletin. So that would be an easy, convenient way for you to keep up with a a reading plan this year um, if you wanted to do that. And I'm going to take a minute and encourage everyone uh, to to do that this year. Um, I, th I think it's so important. You, you know, our, our, I don't know what you would call it, motto, vision, statement. I don't know what term you would use, but, but on the front of the bulletin it says, love God, love others, and make disciples. You know, in essence, that is our, that is our goal here while we're, while we're on this earth. We are to love God and love others, which we will do for all of eternity, and we are to make disciples in the time that we are here because we will not do that once we live, leave this place. And we start with our family and start with the ones that we love. And what we do, how do you make a disciple? Well, you help them to love God and love others. And if, I mean, we're just going to boil it down to the simplest thing. You help people to love God and love others for the rest of their lives. And that is our goal here on earth to love God and love others and to see as many people brought into the fold of the family that will spend eternity with us forever when this life is gone and we will have no pain, no sickness, no sorrow, no death. 
And so I would encourage you all to be considering that. Here at the church, we started last year with uh, discipleship groups. Me and, and some of the deacons got together, and we had a discipleship group, and we met every single week. And so as the year is starting over and we have a new year, I would encourage everyone and anyone who is even considering possibly uh, joining in that process of being in a discipleship group where you would meet once a week with other people um, and just study the Word and share prayers with each other and share your lives with each other. If you have any interest in that at all, I'm going to be pushing that all month this month. If you have any interest in that at all, please let me know. And uh, we're going we're gonna to take whatever steps we need to make sure that people are in the Word and that we're growing together as mature disciples and that, that we're going to do that until Christ comes back. We're going to continue to disciple others until Christ comes back. All right. Well, let's, let's jump right in. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Maybe one of the most well-known verses in the Bible by those who are Christians and non-Christians. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I'm the type of person that I just want to stop right there and let's just talk about that. <laughs> like, let's just talk about creation. Let's talk about universes and stuff. But, but no, I'm going to do that as soon as we get through reading chapter 1. All right, let's keep going. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was an evening, and there was a morning, one day. By the way, just a little tidbit. The Jewish people for thousands of years, and it's based right here in the scripture, the beginning of the day is when the sun sets. As soon as the sun sets and it gets dark, that's the beginning of the new day. And the new day continues throughout the night, and then throughout the next day until the sun sets again. We, set, we split ours at midnight in the middle of the night. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, if you ever wonder, why didn't it say there was morning and then there was evening? Because in our, in our mind frame, that's how we would do it. There was a morning and there was an evening and then, boom, the day was over. No, there was an evening first and then there was morning. Um, but that's a tangent. We... Y'all could have gone without knowing that. That is not necessary for the salvation of your souls. But I love you, and I wanted to share that with you. <laughs> then God said, let there be an expanse between the water, separating water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse sky. Evening came, and then morning the second day. Then God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the gathering of the water he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And it was so. The earth produced vegetation, seed bearing plants according to their kinds and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Evening came. And then morning, the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will serve as signs for seasons and for days and years. They will be lights in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth, and it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule over the day and the lesser light to rule over the night, as well as the stars. God placed them in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth to rule the day and the night, to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. 
Evening came and then morning, the fourth day. Then God said, let the water swarm with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the large sea creatures and every living creature that moves and swarms in the water according to their kinds. He also created every winged creature according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. God blessed them. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the waters of the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. Evening came and then morning, the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that crawl, and the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds, and it was so. So God made the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that crawl on the ground according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and every creature that crawls on the earth. God also said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth and every tree whose fruit contains seed. This will be food for you. For all the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky, and for every creature that crawls on the earth, everything having the breath of life in it, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good indeed. Evening came, and then morning, the sixth day. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. On the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it he rested from all his work of creation. You notice the progression of the, of the creation story. He created the, the heavens and the earth first, and the earth was formless and void, and there was no sign of any type of life. There was, there was no light. There was none of that. And then God created light and kind of gave light to it. And he create, separated the waters and dry ground appeared. And now here's, here's, here's a place where, where we can start to see life progress. And, and then he starts creating all the different things, the creatures in the sea first and then on. And each time he creates the birds and then the, 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 the wildlife. And then the last thing he creates is people. And you see this progression and, and, and there's a story, uh, there's a, a cartoon little drawing. You know, you know the comic strips used to be in the newspapers all the time. Maybe still do. I don't get a newspaper. But, but there's these little drawings, and, and there's a one about creation. And it, it's a little boy and a little girl talking to each other. And uh, the girl said to the boy that, that God created the heavens and the earth and everything in them in six days. And you know the big debate between evolution and creation. Does six days literally mean six days? Does it mean six epochs, periods of time? Could it be billions of years? Da, 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 da. The boy looks at the girl and says, uh, six days? Six literal days? She says, yep. He says, six literal, really actual days? She says, yep. He says, you mean to tell me it was six literal really, 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 really days? She said, yep. He said, why do you think he took so long? <laughs> and that's a very good question. Could God have just created everything instantly at once? 
Yes. And for every one of us Americans, we would think that's the way I'd have done it. (laughs) If all I had to do is just speak it into existence, if all I had to do is just boom, there it was. Why do it in stages? Why do six days? There was nobody around for those six days but me. Why? I mean, it's not like I was teaching Adam and Eve how to make stuff. Why? Why spread it out? And I, I just, I, I can't give, I mean, you know, I'm supposed to give you answers when I ask you questions, but I can't really give you that answer. I don't know. I'll study it. I'll try to work on that. But I, it obviously has to do with, with, it doesn't have to do with his, his, his strength. It doesn't have to do with his omniscience. It doesn't have to do with his ability. I think it's something for us. And when we look at what he did in the order he did it, because God does everything for a reason, the order you see is it's, the stuff he's doing is leading up to him. You know, it's, it's the last greatest creation he makes is the creature. He's made all kinds of creatures, but then he makes this one special creature that's in his own image a creature that's like him. And that's what he says. He says he makes creatures, humans, like him. People that can relate to him, people that can can talk to him, people that can have a conversation with him, people that can have a relationship with him. And, and it leads up to the creation of people. God made us in his image for the purpose of having a relationship with us forever. A good and perfect relationship where we only know good and not evil. You know, Satan tempted Eve and Adam, but, you know, the conversation, he's talking with Eve, and he said, God doesn't want you to reach out and eat from that tree because he knows that you'll be like him, knowing good and evil. And they said it was desirable for wisdom, so they, they took and ate it. God didn't want them to know evil. But they were already like him, good. They were good in the beginning. God was good. They were like him. We've never been more like God than Adam and Eve were before the fall. Since the fall, we've all been far less like God. But God only wanted them to know good. He wasn't going to teach them evil. He wants us to have a relationship with him forever, a good perfect relationship with him forever but in order for that loving relationship to be real he had to give us choice in order for that love to mean something he had to give us the ability to choose to love or choose not to love and that's where sin comes in so we all know the story we made a choice every single one of us but i'm gonna put it in the context of adam and eve to begin with made a choice that we really 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 regretted we sinned and rebelled against a holy and perfect loving God who never did anything but good for us. But because of our sin, we separated ourselves from God. We did, we, our sin had to be punished. God is a just and holy God. He doesn't just sweep things under the rug and pretend like they never happened, just like we can't. Somebody came in here and committed an awful atrocity. You've heard me talk about it before. We can't just sweep it under the rug and go on with our next song and pretend like it never happened. That's not... That's not loving for the people who had something awful happen to them. And it's not loving for God to just sweep sin under the rug either. Sin always hurts somebody. And ultimately, it cost him the life of his own son. He had to leave his throne. It cost him his own life. That's how much it costs. That's how much sin costs. 
but he loves us. And even though we, he knew that we could never do anything to make things right, he wanted things to be right. And he knew that we regretted it. Not all of us, but a lot of us. A lot of us regret the sin that we've committed against God. A lot of us have made a decision that we don't want to sin against God anymore. We want to be forgiven. We want to have him as our father. A lot of us don't. There's a lot of people in this world who don't want anything to do with God. But there's a lot, a lot of people who have made a decision where they've humbled themselves and said, I'm sorry for what I've done and I want to be right with God. And so God, because of his love, made a way that we could be right with him. <clears throat> he made a way for us to be forgiven. He knew that we not only would change our minds about submitting ourselves to him as our God, but that we would need our hearts changed as well. We would need to be reborn with his spirit inside of us to make us new to be redeemed. And he built that concept right into creation. Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed it before. We tend to read through and read real quick and just go on to the next verse. But we've seen it all of our lives, this concept of him wanting to, 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 to rebirth us, give us a new start. We've seen it all our lives. But have we ever taken time to really appreciate it? Let's look at verse 14 one more time. It says, then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will serve as signs for seasons and for days and years. When God created, and we're going to jump off on a little bit of a tangent here, talk about the universe we live in. But when God created the universe and our solar system and our planet, he created it the way he wanted to. And he could have done it any way he wanted. He could have created it any way he wanted to. But he chose specifically how he wanted to do it. And this is what he said, he, the reason he did it the way he did it. See, our earth, everybody knows this, our earth spins in a circle on its axis, right? How long does it take to spin all the way around one time? Well, no, no, on its, itself, just the earth. One day. So the earth takes one day to spin around in a circle, Okay. But the earth is not just spinning in a circle. It's also spinning around the sun. And how long does it take to get around the sun? A year. Okay? But not only is the earth spinning, and not only is it spinning around the sun, did you know that our sun, which would be, you know, our little, well, I get mixed up on my terms, so I'll try to be careful. Our solar system, I wanted to, the first thing I wanted to say was galaxy and all that. I get mixed up a lot. Our solar system, which is our sun and our little orbiting planets, the whole solar system, our sun, is flying through space. Did y'all know that? So the solar system is flying through space. Now I'm going to have to need help, so let me read what I wrote. Our earth spins in a circle on its axis. It also spins in a big elliptical circle around the sun. The sun is also flying through space, which orbits around, you know what it orbits around? It orbits around the center of the Milky Way galaxy. So we have this giant, y'all have all heard of the Milky Way galaxy. 
There's a big giant Milky Way galaxy, and our solar system is one of the solar systems in the galaxy that spins around the center of the Milky Way galaxy. Our Milky Way galaxy, you may not have known this, our Milky Way galaxy is moving inside what's called a local group. Now, I thought the galaxy, I thought that was as big as it got. No. No, our Milky Way galaxy is also moving inside what's called a local group, a group of galaxies that move, and we're all moving. And our local group moves inside our cosmic supercluster. So a supercluster is a cluster of local groups, which is a big collection of galaxies, which is a big collection of solar systems. You see the point. And our cosmic supercluster is moving inside of what's called the KBC void. Now, scientists think this is the outer expanse of the universe, and they think that's it. Okay, so we got these voids, these big voids where a lot of stuff masses together, a lot of superclusters mass together, and then there's a big area where they don't mass together, and there's different areas inside these, and they think, okay, so the, the universe itself is this just, but I promise you, you just give it 10, 20 years, and we're going to find out that our void is just in the midst of other stuff God made. I mean, I just, you know, but we are moving. Like, we are moving fast. You put all that stuff together, we are really booking it, okay? But here's what I want to say, and I got to hurry up. <laughs> our son, he decided, of all the ways he could have made our solar system, as big as it is and as much stuff as there is to spin around, okay, he decided to make it so that our son we spun around it, okay? But if he wanted to, being God, he didn't have to do that. He could have kept our earth spinning, but he could have had our sun and our earth moving together around some big object if he wanted to. I mean, I don't know how it would work, but he could do it. Where what would happen is we wouldn't have seasons if that were the case because we wouldn't move further away and closer to the sun as our elliptical orbit does we would just spin in a circle the same distance away from the sun. We, it would be the same temperature all year long. We would just have day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. There would be no seasons. My point is, God could have made us to where time was linear. But he didn't make it where time was linear. Where we just started and it seemed like there was just never an end. Like everything just kept going and going and going and going and going and there was no, no starting over. He didn't do that. He made it so that there would be seasons and years. He made it so that we would have a do-over. We would have seasons. We would have cycles. That if we could get through this season, there was something new coming and it would start over. And we'd take this time called New Year's and we'd make these new resolutions. And all of us are, we've known it all our life. We've went through seasons all our life. We have this innate sense in us that we can start over this year, right? I mean, you can't, you can't just erase everything that's ever happened. And sadly, it doesn't mean you start over in the sense that you just get another year. It, it means you have one less year. But what it means is we can try again. We can start afresh. 
We can change the way we've been doing things. Maybe we got stuck in a rut this past year. Maybe we've been doing stuff we wish we hadn't been doing. And I'm not going to get into topics, but, you know, I picked mine. I got to get back in the gym. (laughs) I do. I got to get on a treadmill. I've got to work my cardio system. I got to get my heart rate down. But I don't want to. And I did it. I did it. I was good for about a month. And for the past two or three months, I ain't touched the doors of that place. (laughs) But you know what? It's a new year. And with a new year, you have this sense in you that I can try again. I can start over. And I want to tell you that that I truly believe that's God's heart. And that's God's heart in the way that he created us. And that's the way he created the world. So that every single person has this sense of we're starting over. We're going to start over. And different people pick different times of the year. Some people are going to wait until the first harvest comes in. That's when they celebrate the the beginning of the new year. I don't know why we pick the dead of winter. I mean, I would think it would make more sense to, to, you know, pick the beginning of spring or something when when all the, the, everything starts to come back to life, you know. But the point is, we have seasons and we have this sense of starting over. And that's what God wants. And that's what God has planned for us. He knew from the very beginning that we would sin. He knew that we would mess things up. But he knew that some of us would want to start over. Some of us would want to do over. Some of us would regret rebelling against God and sinning against God and would ask and say, can we start again? Can I be forgiven can we be in a right relationship? Because I want to I want to do over. I want to start over. And that's exactly God's heart. He said in 2 Corinthians 5 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. God's heart is yes. I will absolutely give you a do-over. I will absolutely let you start over. And guess what? I have an amazing future planned for you. Amazing. You only have to stay on this earth for a short period of time. I promise you 120 years, which is our biblical limit, is nothing in comparison to all of eternity. God wants every single one of us to have a do-over. He wants every single one of us to choose to say, God, I want to be forgiven. I want to start fresh with you. I want a relationship with you. And he he doesn't wait until we die. He does it right now. He comes within us through the Holy Spirit and makes us into a new creation now. Jesus told Nicodemus, Truly, I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This idea of having to be rebirthed, this idea of having to start over, this idea of having to be fresh again is the exact requirements for entrance into his kingdom forever. We must be born again. We must be remade. That when the Holy Spirit comes to live within us, he changes us, not just a little, but into an entirely new creation. We are no longer the same creatures we were before he saved us. He places his spirit within us and our bodies become the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you yourselves know that you are God's temple and that the Spirit of God lives in you? And again, in 1 Corinthians 6.19, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? 
You are not your own. You are bought at a price. God is absolutely the God of second chances. He absolutely is. But only in this life. There is no purgatory. There is no chance. Once you leave this place to then make up for your sins and change your mind and decide that you, you want to be forgiven. It's got to be done in this life. And if you make that decision in this life, he doesn't then punish you for a certain amount of time when you leave this place. He instantly forgives you. And you don't have to suffer in hell for a certain period of time to make up for all the evil you've done. He instantly forgives you. That's his mercy and grace that he gives us. If you are still here, you have an opportunity to start over right now. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip the rest of this, but in your bulletin you see one more thing. Ephesians 4, 17 through 5, 21 is pretty long. But I encourage you to go home and read it because to sum it up, what it says is if you make that decision to say, I want to start over, I want to be forgiven, I want to spend eternity with God, then he says, absolutely, I forgive you. And as your decision, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to live for the remainder of your time here on earth. In in essence, I can boil it down to this. He says, I want you to live the remainder of your time on earth the exact same way you're going to live for all of eternity with me. Plain and simple. For all of eternity, you're going to live with me and you're not going to sin. You're not going to hurt people's feelings. You're not, going to, you're not going to lose your temper. You're not going to do all these things that we try so hard to do and we fail miserably at a lot of times. But we still what? We try, right? Because that's what God wants us to do. God wants us to turn from sin, the one thing that separated us from him to begin with. And he wants us to live the exact same way that we're going to live for all of eternity. And that's what he asks us to do. In Ephesians 5, 4, 17 through 5, 21, go home and read to do this. I don't want you to live this way anymore. I don't want you to live this way anymore. I want you to live this way. I want you to do this. And it's a fresh awakening reminder to say, okay, God, I'm going to read this passage. And I I ask you, I really encourage you to do this, to go home and take this passage and say, God, I'm going to read this passage and I want you through the Holy Spirit to convict me on any of these things that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing and help me work on that one thing. And then when we work on that one thing, I'm going to go back to this passage and I want you to walk me through it. And if, if I come across something that you don't want me to do, I want you to convict me on it. And we're going to work on that. Because I believe that's how the Holy Spirit works. He works with you and he convicts you on one or two things at a time. He doesn't lob all 30,000 things I'm doing wrong every day on me at one time because we would just be crushed under the weight of that. No, his goal is sanctification. His goal is to be more like him than to grow. And he's going to give us the strength to do that. But I am encouraging y'all to take advantage of this new year. Yes, it is freezing outside. I get that. It is way too cold for me. I love the cold. This is way too cold for me. But I am encouraging in the midst of this freezing cold right now, who knows what it's going to be next week. I encourage you in this new year, take advantage of it. Say, God, God created a new year. God did this. God decided that we were going to have seasons and have years, and he made this. This was his idea. And God has decided that he wants to give me second chances, and he wants to help me start over, and he wants to make me new. So I'm going to take advantage of this. I'm, not, I'm going to take advantage of this new year. I'm going to start again. I'm going to start over. 
I'm going to feel like my, my slate has been wiped clean. I'm not going to carry around the guilt of whatever I did that I, aka, should have been doing, didn't do, my eating habits, whatever it is. Whatever it is, whether it's relationships with people, it could be stuff that's not really grand on the long scale. It could be something huge on the, on the eternity scale. Whatever it is, I feel like I'm just going to wipe my slate clean and I'm going to walk out in freedom knowing that I'm forgiven, knowing that I'm loved, and not be burdened and weighed down by all the stuff that tried to drag me down last year. And I'm starting afresh this year. I'm going to do things differently. I'm going I'm to spend more time with family. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love people better. I'm going to write people notes. I'm gonna, whatever comes to your mind, whatever comes to your mind of things that you want to do, I'm starting over. And I'm not going to carry the guilt and weight that I've been toting around with me. I'm going to let that go. I'm going to start clean as if today was the first day that God saved me and everything's wiped clean and I just get to start right over today. And I feel that's healthy. And I feel that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to walk in freedom and he wants us to live the way he wants us to live and not be burdened down with, but, but this and but that, but I can't, but what if they think this? What if they think that? No, he wants us to just live our lives to the max in freedom knowing that he loves us and has forgiven us and sharing that love with all the people around us in our lives. I love y'all. That's what I've decided to do. I've had, I've had plenty of time to think about it working on this sermon. <laughs> I hope it sinks in for y'all today and I hope y'all d- decide to do the same thing. I hope y'all decide to take advantage of this new year and say, you know what, I'm starting fresh. I'm not carrying guilt with me. I'm not going to let it weigh me down. I'm going to walk out of here as if today was the first day I was reborn. I'm starting over because God gave us a new year and he did it for, on a pur- for a purpose. And I don't think there was any coincidence in that. Let's pray together. Father, we love you and Father, we thank you for second chances. Father, we thank you for wiping our slates clean. Father, we thank you for forgiveness. It wouldn't have been possible without your son. It wouldn't have been possible without you leaving your throne in heaven and coming and being born as a man, living a perfect life and dying at our hands because you knew that we would regret the decision we made. You knew we would want a second chance. We would want to be forgiven. We would want to be reunited with you. And so you made that happen. You made a way because that's your heart. Your heart is a heart of love, that you love us so much that you want to spend eternity with us forever. Not here in this fallen, sinful, broken world, but on a new earth where we will live perfectly with you. And the only tears will be tears of joy from laughing too hard. We love you, Father. We thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' holy and precious and eternal name we pray. Amen. If y'all would please join in. Stand and join me for this next song. And I pray that we do exactly as I think God wants us to do. We, we grab this new year with open arms and we live it with all the life we got. And we, we, we do everything that we can to love God with all our hearts and to love each other. Because that's what he wants us to do now and that's what he wants us to do forever. Just to spread that love.
Let's pray together. Father, we do need you. And Father, we run into your arms. We run to you, Father. Because that is the only place worth running to. We run to you for everything that we need. We run to you when life is good and we run to you when life is hard. Because, Father, we know that you are a good, good God and a good, good Father. And that you love us. And that you have a perfect eternity waiting for us. And that you are with us right here, right now. And, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for caring intimately about each and every one of us. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy and your grace and your goodness. Father, help us live this new year for you. Help us to start over. Help us to start fresh. Help us to live life the way it's meant to be lived, the way you want us to live it, the way that we will live it for all of eternity with you on the new earth. We love you, Father, and we thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' holy and eternal and precious name we pray. Amen.